Welcome to the Surrendering in Motherhood podcast. I'm Carly. And I'm Olivia. Each week, you'll hear real conversations between two moms disrupting society's lies about motherhood and children. We'll be sharing personal experiences that will hopefully leave you feeling empowered about the honor that it is to raise children. We don't have it all figured out, and that's okay. Our goal is to help encourage mothers to stand firm and mother with conviction. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Surrendering and Motherhood podcast. Welcome back, y'all. We are excited to have this conversation. It has been something that we've been talking about. I mean, most of these things are things that we just talk about. I know. Uh, I'm saying that every episode. (laughs) So we don't have to say that, but I think that this week's conversation is a great segue from last week's conversation and we just been kind of going back and forth about it and realized that it's important to, to really dive a little bit deeper into what we were talking about last week and share a bit about our personal experiences with that and things that we've read and that sort of thing. So here we go. So... Uh, words of the week. I'm going to read a little bit from a book that I'm reading called Home Education by Charlotte Mason. And um, then I'm also going to read some stuff that I just kind of jotted down in my notes and what I was texting Olivia about the other day. Um, Just because we've been talking like last week, we started talking about the idea of like habits and what that kind of means. And then, you know, we just kind of started the conversation of like, how we feel about the word habit and like what it actually is and our habits and our kids habits and all of that stuff. We briefly touched on it. Yeah. Um, So let me read from this book and then I'll read um, some stuff that I jotted down as well. Um, Okay. Character affected by acquired modification of brain tissue. What follows? Why that, the actual confirmation of the child's brain depends upon the habits which the parents permit or encourage and the habits of the child produce the character of the man because certain mental habitudes once set up their nature is to go on forever unless they should be displaced by other habits here in, here is an end to the easy psychology of it doesn't matter Oh, he'll grow out of it. He'll know better by and by. He's so young. What can we expect? And so on. Every day, every hour, the parents are either passively or actively forming those habits in their children, upon which more than upon anything else, future character and conduct depend. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I text that I like took a screenshot of that and I text Olivia and I don't know. It just kind of started a whole lot of things. I mean that, I mean, we've been thinking and talking about this lately about habits. And then also I've been really thinking about the idea of development and habits at the same time. Yes. And so I'll read what I kind of just um, jotted down after. And some of the stuff is what we text back and forth and other other things are just kind of 
my brain dump of <laughs> thoughts. Okay. A symbiotic relationship of development and habits. On the surface, it seems the only way to honor development is to wait until they are developmentally ready to handle things. But honestly, we do a disservice if we are not establishing habits while they are developing. It's like the question of does development influence habits or do habits influence development? I think the more I'm learning and realizing things, it's more of an interdependence between the two. And I feel like a healthy way to honor development of our children is to instill habits that will help them and their brains develop in a healthy way, which sounds counterintuitive, but it's true. While we wait on development, we're forming habits. So what do we do about that? We can't just put off things until kids are ready because part of what makes them developmentally ready is their daily habits and our daily habits while we're discipling them. We can honor where they are and, and also them as a holistic, eternal human being at the same time. And when I text you that, I was like, uh, no big deal. Like, <laughs> it's just a huge deal. No big deal at all on top of all of the things as mothers yeah. that we think about. Um, and then I wrote, I think one of my defaults is to idolize my children and their development over everything. Yes. But even though it sounds counterintuitive, it does them a disservice in the grand scheme of their entire life, their habits, their defaults, how they handle their flesh and their feelings and emotions and thoughts and how they view their divinely given role here on earth. It's so much bigger than just them and how they are and how they're developing. We can meet them where they are, but we can't just leave them there. It's kind of like how Jesus loves us. He says, come as you are. He even honors where we are because that's the fruit of what understanding in a relationship is. But he never says, stay as you are. Yes. He cannot let us stay how we are because he loves us. Right. Um, and then I, I wrote again, I've struggled with making my children's development their entire identity when it's only one piece of the puzzle. Just like my life cannot stop because of my development as I am right here as an adult. Everything that's made me into who I am, the things that were my doing, the things that were done to me, can I discount it? No, it has to be honored and it has to be reconciled. But it's not the most important thing about me, though. It actually doesn't need to define me any more than I consciously or unconsciously give it the power to. The question is, and will always remain, now what? All of this knowledge can obviously be a good thing. It's good to be aware of science and brain development and child development. While all that stuff is true, we're made for more than just the things of this world including the knowledge of this world. Our true identity comes from Christ and Christ alone. And so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just what I've really been thinking about. Well, this has been something that I've kind of had conversations with, with other Christians specifically, because when we're talking about parenting and the way we parent and the way we speak to our children and that sort of thing, 
in some of these conversations, it doesn't really seem as though the development of the child was taken into consideration. Yeah. And so that's why when I'm able to talk to you about these things and I realized I wasn't the only person who was thinking this way, it was it was really helpful because like you said, their development and where they are based on their age is very important to be and needs to be taken into consideration. But it cannot be the end all be all and yeah. can't just base it just on that. And obviously it it differentiates between families and family dynamics and different ages of different children and siblings and that sort of thing. But it has to be both. It can't be like you said, oh, this is just how you are and yeah. we're just going to leave it that way. It's okay. No, we can talk about development. We can talk about what's appropriate, age appropriate development. And we can also build in habits that are a part of our daily routine that set our children up for success. Yeah. And honestly, make everything easier for your whole family unit and your fa- the family rhythm. Yeah. And like you said on, I really feel like when you don't do that within your family, it's a disservice to everybody. Yeah. You know, we, we have the opportunity to know these things and do something with them. Yeah. Not just say, oh, they're this age and that's just what it is. That's like, oh, that was the um, one of the things that I sent you back in response was just a post that I happened to see after or during our conversation talking about different ages. It was from The Visible Child from 2016. It says, if we give children what they need at two and three and four, when they are two and three and four, they will be ready for what they need at five or six or seven when they when they are five or six or seven. Children don't need to be prepped for five or six or seven at two or three or four. So the idea, the concept that we know how old they are, we know what's to, what's appropriate based on their development, and we can do something with that based yeah. on where they are and based on the next year that they're going into, not six years down the line. Yeah. But if we're setting them up for all these different things that are a part of their daily life, that help them better understand, that help us better communicate with one another, it makes it easier. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, it's so true. And I just like everything that we talk about, like the layers of this are out of this world. Oh, like, so layers. there's so many layers to this. And I think honestly, and I don't know if I've necessarily made an idol out of my children's development um that seems a little extreme and i think maybe when i was just writing it down i was just kind of like having this internal conflict of like am i doing this because i i don't think that it's a bad thing that i am aware of these things i think it's a good thing um but i think when it gets into tricky waters is if i am solely focused on that and so, yeah. 
I mean, that ties into the the discussions that we've had about children and being so hyper-focused on their behaviors and what they're doing. So again, so many layers, we have to find a middle ground. There there has, this has to be an open conversation and acknowledge that there's no one size fits all and it's going to look different for each family. Yeah. And I think, I think a place where I have struggled with is I have multiple children. And so I think that I get overwhelmed because I am so aware of what each of my children needs. And then that kind of goes back to like what I was talking about last week about like misplacing God's role in my life and their life because I get in a mode where I'm like, Oh my goodness, I know I should be doing this. I should be doing this. I want to be doing this. I want to be doing that. But the truth is, is that I cannot do everything and I cannot be everything. And God knows that. He doesn't expect you to be. God knows me. He knows the details of my family. He knows our circumstances. And so I can try my best and find comfort and peace in the middle ground of trying my best and surrendering to God and just honoring each of my children. And at the same time, this is another thing that I'm thinking about. Like I can't focus on the development of one of my children and have that be the most important thing about our whole family. Is it important? Of course it's important. But it's not the only thing that's important. Yes. So what are we going to do about it? (laughs) You know? Now what? (laughs) Now what? And so I think that um, it just, I mean, it just takes a lot of prayer and to find the peace of being able to live in your convictions. I think that that's where there's so many things that I think all of these like types of parenting, while of course they're a good thing, it's a great thing to honor your child's development. It's a great thing to respond to your children. It's a great thing to care about them as human beings. And all of these things are so good, but it's not all about them. Yes. And I'm not saying that in, I'm, I'm like, I, and I told you, I'm like triggering myself with the thoughts and feelings that I'm having. Yeah. And I'm like, I know that I don't mean it in a way that I'm not intending it. Right. Well, and I think you, and I actually had this conversation last week or two weeks ago where I was, I was thinking that and trying to figure out how to say that to my daughter without it coming off as unkind because our kids need to, to know that. And and Mm -hmm. it's based on where they are developmentally that they're actually able to understand that concept that it's literally not just about them. Yeah. And if we don't have that conversation with our kids and we just solely focus on their development 
and doing things for them and not pushing them and not challenging them, we are doing them a disservice. And straight up, you see this every day in our society. Yeah. You see people walking around who think the world revolves around them and who are very entitled and think everything should be handed to them and they shouldn't have to work for anything. Yeah. And in case you don't know, the way you parent impacts if your child will grow up that way or not. Yeah. And so that's why these conversations matter. Yeah. Seriously. And it's our job. It's our responsibility as parents and mothers, especially in this society, to make sure that we are parenting our children in a way that is going to set them up to be successful, kind people. Yeah. Who understand things. Yeah. <laughs> who understand the things that matter and yeah. understand how they're showing up. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I, I just, before we got on, I got my preachy voice on and I was preaching a whole sermon about how our attitude matters. Attitude of gratitude. <laughs> our, at, our attitude, it, that is a habit. Yes. How we handle situations, that is a habit. Yes. And we're shaping these things that are going to be our children's default. Yes. And so that's the part where I'm like, I need to make sure that I am making this a part of our family culture. Yes. This is how we deal with things when they're hard. This yes. is our attitudes when we are told no. This yes. is what, and we work through these things together. And this is something that is, it's exhausting because it's constant. Yes. It's all day, every day, 24-7 job, just yes. like everything else in parenting. Right. And and the thing is, is that our attitude about things as parents, whether we are saying something to our children or just saying something out loud about how we're feeling about a situation, like you said, that's going to become our kid's default. So they may see us feeling frustrated about something and they hear the words that we're saying. And if it's not the way that we want it to be said, but we just end up saying it by accident because yeah. we're feeling frustrated and we're human and we're not perfect. Yeah. We can shift that. We have the opportunity to shift that. But if it's constant every day, the same thing over whatever comes up, then our kids are going to be like, okay, so this is how I should respond to things. Yeah. This is a habit. This is what, this is what's normal. This is what's okay. This is how I should feel about stuff. Yeah. So it matters y'all. It matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we can't get upset about our kids acting in a way that is the fruit of what we have sown. That we act. Mm -hmm. Yes. Either by the way that we're acting and this is not just like verbal language, your body language, everything like kids are watching and they know and they understand. Even if you don't think that they understand, they understand to a certain extent. They are so one of the biggest things that I've noticed in working with children and having my own daughter is they are so hyper aware of facial expressions. Oh, hyper aware because yeah. before they learn to communicate verbally, they communicate 
with sound, like small sounds and looking at your face. Yeah. So if they see you with an angry looking face, a sad looking face, a happy looking face, a surprised, excited, whatever it, they'll be like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So are you upset? Are you mad? Are you happy? Are you sad? Yeah. They know. Yeah. Yeah. Children are smart. Way smarter than most people in our society give them credit for. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that it can feel overwhelming. And I and I do get overwhelmed because I like when I start thinking about stuff like this, I'm like, oh my goodness, I start thinking about like the future and my kids as adults and oh my goodness, everything I say and do matters and <laughs> of course it does. Of yes. course it does. Yes. But I need to like Take it down a notch. Zoom out. Yeah. Zoom, zoom out <laughs> and then zoom in. Yeah. Zoom in and know that I can take small steps every single day mm-hmm. to make changes. Mm-hmm. If And that is part of just being attuned to your children, being attuned to the culture of your family, the habits of your family, what's going on, realizing having the a humble heart and realizing, Hey, I'm noticing this is happening and I don't want it to happen anymore. So what can we do about it? And talking about that with your kids. Yes. Like I, I have said to my kids before, you know what? I have not done a good job of staying on top of this and we have allowed this to get out of hand, but you know what? I am asking you for forgiveness and we can change this right now. Yes. You know what? We can all work together and do that. Yes. It it doesn't have to look perfect. No. And it doesn't have to be like, you can model things in a healthy way. Model being frustrated in a healthy way. Yes. Model being angry in a healthy way. Yes. And. Oh, that was, that was one of the other things that I, I wanted to, to mention was in the book that you sent me, it talks about what what did it say? What doesn't, I have to find it. Sorry. I didn't mean to completely mess up your thought, but basically like what is inside. If you don't let that out, it just comes out. Yes. You don't get it out. It comes out in a negative way. Yes. And so like you said, when it comes to our family and our family dynamics, if we're noticing things, whether it's things that are coming up for us, whether it's things that's things that are coming up for our children, the smallest changes in your daily habits can make the biggest difference in your reactions, in their reactions, in the overall energy, the attitudes, it changes everything. It can, and you just have to try. Yeah. And like you said, it does, it's not going to be perfect. It doesn't have to look a certain way. It can literally be whatever works for your family. And if you try one thing, it doesn't work shift it, try something else. But I love that you mentioned talking to your kids about it because I think that's one really, really big thing in our society when kind of children get shunned in a way is that they're not included in a lot of conversations about family dynamics or how they're feeling or what they want to do about something. Yeah, And if you include your kids in things, which you should be doing as a family, yeah, they probably have good ideas that they can share with you or yeah. insights or you've been making me feel this way by looking at me that way or not saying this or yeah. not giving me a hug. 
Yeah. These these things that may seem little, they're a big deal. Big. They're yeah. a big deal. Yeah. And throughout our children's lives, their habits are going to shape them. Yes. And so I I want my kids to know Hey, if I'm if I'm noticing that I'm getting in a certain pattern that I don't want to be in, I have a choice. Yes. I can change this. Yes. And I don't have to overhaul the whole thing. I can make small changes. And the, it's it's just it's so important. I mean, I told <laughs> I told one of my friends the other day, I am the wine police. I think I said that last episode. Yeah, I think you did. But do you know why I am the wine police? Because it matters the way that we speak to each other. Yeah. And our attitudes matter. Yes. And so if I have to all day long be modeling the correct way to communicate to my children, I will do that. I will do that over and over and over again until the fruit of my labor is there because it matters the way we speak to each other. Our attitudes matter so much. Yeah. And I think, I think that's something that used to be more discussed and kind of focused on was that it matters the way that you treat one another and speak to one another. And yeah. nowadays it's more wishy-washy with a lot of people. And we've seen what happens when yeah. when people don't, when people aren't taught that growing up. And so you, like you said, can call yourself out if you've been saying certain things or using a certain tone of voice or whatever it is. It's important to do that. It's important to be like, you know what? Maybe I've been modeling something that's not kind. And now because of me, modeling that you're speaking unkindly or you're doing this or you're doing that. Where are you seeing it? Me. Where are you seeing it? Somebody else. Yeah. Okay. How can we have a conversation to shift that? Yeah. It really comes down to, it starts at home with you, with your family, and you have to figure out what works for you guys. But the biggest thing is that, like you said, if we are not talking about these things and showing our children that there's always an opportunity to change, to shift, to learn, to grow, we're doing them a disservice. Yeah. And I think a huge lie that well-intended parents are believing when they're learning about child development and brain development and all these things that are a good thing to learn about is that they start to believe that, Oh, my child will just grow out of this. Yeah. And then we'll be on to the next thing. Yep. But no, because <laughs> the habits that you're forming while it's happening, it, it, it just, it matters. It matters. And so that's the part that is so, it's just complicated. There's layers. There's there's so many layers. There's so many layers. Yeah. I just like looking at it as 
there are so many opportunities to shift habits. Because yeah. if you think about how many things you do in, in a day, yeah. there are some things that are just autopilot that you just don't even realize. There yeah. are so many opportunities to shift something. Yeah. So many. And like you said, like our habits become who we are. Yeah. But if we don't like what what's happening because we're choosing those habits, we can shift them. We can rewrite our story. It doesn't have to be, this is just who I am or that's just who they are. Yeah. With our kids, like we have the opportunity to change for ourselves and we have the opportunity to help our children do the same. Yeah. Well, and I think that people forget that your children are human beings just like you. Yes. So us as adults, we struggle with sin and pridefulness and idolizing things and worshiping things that we don't need to worship and getting in unhealthy cycles and doing all these things. Why would we think that our children don't also struggle with those things? Pridefulness, all, all of these, all of these things that just happen. So we need to be not only working on this within ourselves, we need to be equipping our children. So they need to be watching us doing that. And I think the part about it is, is like acknowledging, no, what, what I'm doing is I'm actually dying to my flesh. This is not easy. I am not perfect. I am a human being. I struggle with things. And then modeling what to do, how to reconcile that. We have a choice. We have a God that cares about what we're doing. And we also have it has a, have an enemy that cares about what we're doing. So what are we going to do about that? We don't need to be worried, but we need to be aware. Mm -hmm. And if we think that that doesn't impact or affect our children, we'll think again. We have to be modeling this, but we also have to be equipping them to deal with this stuff. It's a never-ending thing for as long as we're on this earth. For we're our, human our, beings. Our entire lives. Yes. So the sooner that we start equipping our children, we, the better. I mean, the sooner the better. And it's never too late to start. No. It's no, never no. too late. You know, I just said the sooner the better. Like, of course, in a perfect world the sooner is the best thing but we don't live in a perfect world and it's okay because like i just said we are human beings and we mess up and we get off track and we turn away from god intentionally or unintentionally we have pride in our hearts we think we know better and then all of a sudden we're like wait a second well, this isn't it <laughs> lord forgive me and help me get back on track. Help bring us back. Yeah. And help us do the same with our kids so they're on track. Yeah. Oh, man. So so no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so no big deal. We don't talk about things that really, really matter. All the I things that really matter all the time. <laughs> oh, no big deal, but it's a huge deal. Yes. But we have to have these conversations. Well, and 
that the other thing too though is that we know it can feel overwhelming because we feel overwhelmed yeah and we talk about it and we process it and we get it out but you don't have to constantly feel overwhelmed by it like just give yourself some grace god knows you're not perfect he didn't create us to be perfect beings and there are ways to go about all of these things yes and, and don't underestimate the power of making small shifts, yes. small changes. The smallest things make the biggest difference. Yeah. I'm sure everyone who's listening has heard that saying before. Yeah. Yep. They make the biggest difference. Yep. So, yeah. Again, another situation where you have a beautiful opportunity to do yes. stuff. So yes. we hope that this conversation is empowering and encouraging. Yes. Absolutely. Do you think we covered all the things that we wanted to? I think we covered all the things until next week. <laughs> <laughs> Where there will be all the other things that we all will cover. <laughs> And we'll share what God has put on our hearts to share this week. Yes. All right, guys. We will be back next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.